Okay, we're on path number four, and this is the path of wisdom. Turn in your books to 43. Now, the skit this morning got us started on wisdom. That's great. They were, their timing was great. Why do you need the path of wisdom? Because we're parents. <laughs> I, love this, I love this quote from the Fellowship of the Rings. It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Yeah, we need wisdom. We're parents, we have jobs, all kinds of things, and, and wisdom is truth in motion. That was great this morning when they said, knowledge is knowing you need to stop at the red light, wisdom is knowing when to apply the brakes. Truth in motion, it's the ability to know what action will lead you to the best destination. So wisdom is truth in motion, it's truth applied, and the ability to know what action will lead you to the best destination. So your kids are not responding like you want them to. What action is going to lead you to the best destination? Things are kind of melting down at work. You need to do something. What action is going to lead you to the best destination? How do you apply the truth you know to the specific situation you're facing? And that is what wisdom is. Now I want you to go to the back to the front and look at your burdens and choose one burden where you need wisdom right now because it would be good to have something in your mind as we go forward. So look, look back to those burdens and say, okay, in this one, I need wisdom. So you kind of get it in your mind. This is the one that I need wisdom in. Have you got it? So you got it in mind as we're talking about this? How many of you, have you is it something that relates to your family? Raise your hands. Okay, a lot of you. How many relates to work? Okay, a number of you. Uh, how many, uh, if it, does it relate to, uh, well, to, to the future? Okay, some of you. Awesome. Um, and maybe there's some other ones. So keep that in mind as we're going forward. So how do you get wisdom? Well, maybe a little bit more about why you need the path of wisdom. And here's one of the reasons. Your first evaluation of a situation is generally incomplete and often wrong. So we have to know that our, our first evaluation is probably not going to be Right, in fact, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man. It seems right, it looks right, but its end is the way of death, if it may not be right. Whoever trusts in his own mind, just in his intuition, is a fool, but whoever walks in wisdom will be delivered. And then this is not from the Bible, but this guy James said, I'm not young enough to know everything. I'm not young enough to know everything. So there's a lot that we don't know. There's lots that's going around us that we actually don't see. We see selectively. We miss a lot of key information. And so there may be things coming at you about your kids or about your work, about the future that you're just missing. We see selectively. We also see in distorted ways because we look into things through frames, through expectations. I don't expect that someone will pop up behind the counter. And so because of that expectation that I bring, I see, I don't see things. If I expected someone to be different, maybe I would see that. And uh, also I see the past through the, through the experiences of the present. Have you ever heard people say who get divorced, oh, I never really loved that person? It was always bad. So they're interpreting the past through the present, but they married them. They had kids with them. They must have loved them at some time. So we actually see in quite distorted ways. 
And there's a, a reason for this. We have cognitive biases. People who study this say we have built-in distortions to the way we see. And that's because your brain receives roughly 11 million bits of information per second. So if you think all the things that are coming in through my eyes, through my senses, through my ears, all of that is 11 million bits of information, but we can only process, consciously process, about 40 bits of information per second. Do you see the difference? 11 million bits of information that are coming in, I can process 40, so my brain has to, has to develop shortcuts. Which of all the 11, bit, 11 million bits of information that are coming at me right now do I need to pay attention to? So these shortcuts really help us, but they also distort the world around us. We don't see things like God sees things and he can process all 11 million bits of information at once, we, we can't. And so those, all these biases, people who study cognitive bias say that there's like, um, there's like an anchoring bias, which is you tend to put the biggest weight on the first piece of information that you receive. So like if you're going to buy a car and you like the color, and that's the first thing that hits you, you might ignore the fact that it's got high mileage. But if you see high mileage first, that's the anchoring bit of information that will uh, tend that. The other thing is, uh, another is, is the availability bias. And that basically says the more information you have about something, the greater weight you will give to that. You wonder why people in Russia are supporting the war? It's because all of the information that comes at them supports the war. And if you hear something 10 times, even if it's false, you're more likely to believe it because you heard it 10 times. Interesting, isn't it? Because your brain is trying to, to, to create shortcuts. How do I not process all the 11, bit, 11 million bits of information, I'll just shortcut, and the shortcut is, I heard it more times, it must be true. Or the confirmation bias, you ever heard of this one? It basically is when you make a decision about, make a judgment, then all of the rest of your information, you'll, you'll, you'll read the information that supports it and discard the information that doesn't. If you say, that person's a, a bat, my child is rebellious, then you see all the rebellious behavior and you might not see the behavior that's not rebellious because you're seeing it through the frame of your judgment and you see the information that confirms the judgment you made. It's, it's, it's a bias. Or things like the halo effect. Your overall impression of a person influences how you feel about their character. So we tend to think that beautiful people are also wonderful people because the impression they make on us is good and then we don't go further into character. Or uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect. And uh, this is when people who believe they're smarter and more capable than they really are. Do you know that 80% of people believe that they're above average? And that's impossible. It's not possible for 80% of people to be above average, but we just tend to think that we're on the higher end of things or we're on the better end of things. There's all these biases that are built in. So actually, we see the world in pretty biased ways, and so uh, we're going to have to work at expanding our view and seeing things maybe more like, uh, like God sees them, perhaps. First evaluation of a situation is generally incomplete and often wrong. And uh, here's another one. Wisdom is only obtained through focus and discipline. It doesn't come naturally. Listen to some Proverbs. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, and don't turn away from the word of my mouth. It's like work at this. It's not going to come easily. Buy truth and don't sell it. Buy wisdom and structure. It's going to cost you something to get wise. 
listen to advice and accept instruction. You're going to need other people's input to develop wisdom. On your own, you won't have it. And it says the discerning face sets his face towards wisdom. They work at it, but the eyes of the fool are distracted. They're on the ends of the earth. So we have uh, an intuitive response that's often wrong, and we're gonna have to work at developing wisdom. In fact, uh, there's a, a man, Daniel Kahneman, I don't know any of you have ever heard of him, but he won a Nobel Prize for his work in uh, economics. He, he wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow about how we intuitively think fast, but our intuition is often disordered and we have to actually learn to think slow, slow down, take in more information if we're going to learn to be wise. A fascinating book about cognitive biases, thinking fast and slow. Here's another one. Seeing your situation from God's perspective will allow you to choose a different course of action than your natural response. So here's what wisdom allows you to do. It allows you to do something different than you would just intuitively do. You, you get more choices. Have you ever had somebody come up and, and, and ask you about a situation and what they say is they say, I'm in this situation and um, I don't know whether I should say the truth and hurt this person or be loving and, and just shut up. Do you ever have people give you two options? And uh, we have a tendency towards a binary trap, like we have two options. Hmm, should I tell the truth and hurt them or be loving and shut up? And the question you need to ask is, are those the only two options? Might there be more options? One of the exercises I do with our team and also with our kids is I always say, what's the third option? And the third option is just a way of saying, think of another option because often we think that there are only two. I'll do this and do that, and I don't want to hurt them, but I've got to tell the truth, and, and I, I just can't be quiet. Well, maybe there's a third, maybe there's an option you haven't seen yet. In God's options, there are more than just two, more than just three, and we need him to expand our options, which then gives us choices of maybe different behavior than we would see originally. Getting out of that binary trap, looking for that third solution. And here's another thing, becoming a wise man or woman will bring blessing to you, your family, and all you touch. Wise women and wise men are a blessing. Not only are they blessed, but there's a blessing to other people. Look at this, Proverbs 3.13, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Proverbs 13.14, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Proverbs 24, 5, a wise man is full of strength. A man of knowledge enhances his might. If you're wise, you'll save yourself and others from much heartache and pain. So it'd be, it'd be good to be wise. And everyone hurts when someone becomes a fool. Everyone hurts when someone becomes a fool. So wisdom's a, a good path and it's a good path to learn. Uh, but how do we get it? Well, there are four legs to the path. Well, you wonder, four legs? Yeah, there's, it's, it's, that's that four, four time. Four legs to the path of wisdom. And it goes like this. My perspective, God's perspective, my response, and God's response. This is pattern. Now, by the way, this is the same pattern you'll find in Proverbs but you'll find this pattern in Proverbs in sets of two. So Proverbs kind of gives you these bullet ones, but the, 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 it'll, it'll go like there's a way that seems right to man, 
my perspective. But in the end, it leads to death, God's perspective. So Proverbs will often take this pattern and do it in, in duos, they'll, or else they'll say, um, they'll say um, if, you, uh, if, if you do this, um, you know, the, uh, you know, what would be one, um, I'm, I'm not pulling up one, there's tons of them right now, that my perspective, God, my response, God's response, if you do this, God, you'll be blessed. You know, seek the Lord with all your heart and then he'll bless you, that's my response. And it's my response to his perspective. So I look at his perspective, then I respond, and then he responds to my response. That's basically how it works. And you'll find that exact same pattern all through Proverbs, but you'll find it in duos. And that's another thing I wanted to point out is as we move on in these, uh, you have to understand these patterns are patterns and not rules. So like music, it doesn't always perfectly follow them. But the, but the pattern's there in the background. It's like, it's like musicians, they, don't, they sometimes break the rules. So look back to wisdom uh, in the back of your books on page 105. And that's why it'd be interesting for you to go through these psalms and look at them yourself because you'll see the pattern and you'll also see exceptions to the pattern, times where they don't totally use the pattern. So, so on page 105 you see Psalm 36 and you'll see that it exactly follows the pattern. One through four is my perspective. Five through six is God's perspective. My response, God's response. But then turn to the next page to Psalm 37. And you'll see my perspective starts with verse 12 because verse one is all the way on the next page in my response. So it actually starts with my response there. So wisdom is not quite as important about the order. Uh, the path of lament, the order is very important. Wisdom kind of jumps around sometimes, but you'll find that they visit all the right places. Like in wisdom songs, they sometimes start with the chorus and then go back to the verse and then repeat the chorus. You'll see one, verse one is there and then two is back in God's perspective on the left-hand side of the page. Then three is back in my response and you'll find he just kind of skips around. It's kind of a mashup but he visits all the spots in the pattern, he just jumps around and sometimes starts in a different place. So just so you know, these are patterns and not rules, and it's, it'd be interesting for you to just go in and kind of study how, how the psalmist do it because, uh, but when you're learning the music, sometimes you have to learn the pattern first before you can improvise and go in other directions. So my perspective, God's perspective, my response, and uh, God's r- response. Uh, when do you need this? Well, sometimes you really need wisdom. So about, about a month and a half ago, we were in the middle of this response to the problems in Ukraine, and I was just snowed with work. Basically what happened for me for a month and a half is I canceled everything on my schedule and I just got up in the morning and just went all day on the phone or different places saying, what do we do next, what do we do next? And that's exhausting. You know, when you're in crisis and you're just going one step after another, just going as hard as you can, same time trying to take care of my wife. And on Friday of that week, I had a, uh, a meeting at noon. At 11.30, I was driving up to our office and I got a phone call. I picked up the phone and it was, uh, it was Mark. Um, it's not his real name, but I'm gonna call him Mark. He's a member of our church in the Czech Republic. And he said, Dave, have you got a second? And I looked down, yeah. And I just got a little bit of time. He says, uh, well, I just want, I'm really concerned about something. And I, yeah, I said, what? And he says, well, you know what? Man, there's, you guys are leaving us out. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, a couple of you are doing all the work with Ukraine and the rest of us at church, we're, we're just feeling really left out. And we're just wondering how come, how come you're not including us? 
you ever been in a situation like you're working so hard and then someone says, you're leaving us out, you go, you could join us. You know, there's lots to do. Why are you making me responsible for your lack of activity? So that's how I'm, I'm feeling a little defensive, like I'm working really hard now. And, and then I said, well, Mark, could you explain a little bit more? And then he, he went on and started to say this and that and that and this. And it was, you always, we never, these just big blanket statements, like just uh, how come this, and, and that's because you, and I just, you know, I, I was having a hard time processing this. And so, so I, said, I said, Mark, thank you for your feedback. It's really hard to listen when you've got this always, never, and when you're talking about our motives, which I don't think you know, uh, it's, it's hard to listen to feedback when, 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 there's, when I hear so much judgment in it. And he says, well, I think you're judging me. Whew, okay, no, Mark, I'm, I'm not. I'm just, I, I really wanna hear what you say, but I'm having a hard time getting through some, some of these other things right now. And he says, well, I don't know if you wanna hear what I wanna say. I feel like when I tell you things, you don't wanna listen. Wow, I, Mark, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I feel like attacked right now. I wasn't expecting this. Well, I feel like you're attacking me. Okay, um, all right. Uh, and then he starts bringing up, well, a year ago this happened. And do you ever get in a conversation and all, you, all of a sudden you go, well, this is escalating. Like, all of a sudden I'm arguing with this person. And where did this go? And I wasn't expecting this. So I'm just, I'm just sitting there on the phone going, like, how did this happen? And I've got all this emotion coming up in me. I'm feeling defensive and I'm feeling hurt. And then we go along. I talk him down. No, let me tell you what I really mean. Let me try to explain it, you know. And, and then I said, uh, Mark, I've got to go. I've got a meeting. And he says, well, that, that's okay. I, I just want to make sure everything's all right between us. <laughs> I said, Mark, I'm not sure it is. But I've got to go. Goodbye. And I hung up. That's how the conversation ended because I had to go, I, it, I had an appointment at 12. So I go to my appointment and I cannot think straight. Have you ever come out of a conversation where you just get, you feel like I got, you know, just, ra- I don't know, something happened. I don't know what happened. I wasn't expecting that. And so I'm sitting in my conversation, it's a lunch conversation and they're looking at me and, and they said, Dave, what are you thinking about? And I said, I'm just running this conversation in my head. When you have a hard conversation, do you notice how it kind of captures your mind? And then it just goes in circles and I remember what he said and then I say again what I said and then I say something else, which I shouldn't say, but I'm saying in my head, you know? And then I think of what I really wanna say and then it just is going like this and my mind is just captured by this problem that I don't know how to solve. And I cannot think the entire conversation. They keep asking me things and I'm staring off. And I'm having this fight in my head with my brother that actually I love and how did I get in a fight with him half an hour ago? And I, it just hijacked my brain. Have you ever had those things where you just, something comes along and you're just, you're just hijacked? And I have a problem, I'm thinking about the rest of the day. I go home that night and Connie says, how was your day? And I said, well, man, I had a hard conversation. I wasn't expecting, and I, I tell her it. And I'm expecting a lot of empathy from my wife, like she's gonna say, oh yeah, he's such a bad guy, you know, yeah, go die. And this is what she says. She says, Dave, you're not in a good place right now. You're just not in a good place. And I think about it. I'm not in a good place. Like, I am not experiencing the internal and external uh, goodness of God right now. I'm just experiencing a fight that never ends in my head that I can't get, I can't get my mind around. I, I'm, I'm not, I said, yeah, I know. She says, you're not in a good place. I said, I know. I don't know how to get out of it. 
Say, well, well what, what about one of those paths that you've been thinking about? You know, is it one of those paths? Would one of those paths help you? Like, you've got to get out of this place. This is not a good place. Here's something that's interesting for you as you're learning these paths is when you find you're not in blessing, like what you're experiencing is not the internal and external experience of the goodness of God, then ask the question, what path do I need right now? Because he always wants to lead you to blessing, and the blessing is not, it is, is irregardless of people and circumstances around you changing. Like he wants to change something in you. So it means it's always accessible. So I said, I don't know, and I went to bed. Because I was exhausted. And I got up the next morning for my quiet time and I went, okay, which one of the paths do I need? Because I'm not in a good place. I can feel it. I'm not in a good place. I'm not handling this. I don't know what to do next. And, um, okay, sovereignty. God's, okay, yeah. No, that one's not gonna do it for me. Uh, Lament. Yeah, I don't know. That one's not necessarily gonna do it for me either. Uh, Repentance. Well, maybe I'll do that at the end, but I don't even know what to repent of because I'm not there. I actually don't know what to do next. Oh, the path of wisdom. So what do you do when you you actually have to take action but you don't know what to do? Well, it's the path of wisdom that helps you know, puts truth into motion, helps you know the action that will lead you to the best destination. So I go, oh, I need the path of wisdom right now. Maybe then afterwards I'll, and actually, maybe I can get the path of repentance afterwards. So I went in our living room and I just, uh, I, I just laid down on the couch because that's a good place for me to just, just think, okay, let me do the path of wisdom right now. Okay, how do I do that first leg? It's interesting that the path of wisdom doesn't start with wisdom, it starts with your perspective. Like it starts with where you're at. It starts with what you see. It's really interesting, let's, let's look at this in the classic, we'll skip that. Here's the wisdom psalms, there's eight wisdom psalms, but the classic wisdom psalm is Psalm 73. And watch him do this. This is really something. My perspective. He starts out by saying, um, as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the, this is what I see. So he's saying this is what I see. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pains until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They're not in trouble as others are. They're not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. This is what I see. I'm seeing these wicked people who everything's going great for them. They um, set their mouths against heaven and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore, people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these wicked, always at ease, they increase in riches. All in vain I've kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. All the day long I've been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. You see, he's, he's saying, I'm looking at this and it looks this way to me and when I try to understand it, it's actually, it exhausts me. And that's actually what I was experiencing is this, this conversation, this unexpected fight that I got into uh, was just going in my head and I didn't know the way out of it. So, uh, he, but what he says is he starts by saying, this is how it looks to me which it is important to begin by saying this is how it looks to me because we kind of have to get all that out there 
and get that information out there and start to perceive what we perceive. And uh, you can see that there's a lot of emotion in this for him. There's, there's also confirmation bias because he says, you know, the wicked, they, they, they have it all great. And look, at, let me give you five examples of that. I have this conclusion that the wicked have great. So I'm seeing all the information that confirms it. It looks clear to him, it looks clear to others. You know, when we share our perspective, generally other people will agree because it's our perspective and that's, they see through our eyes and they see the things that match with that description. And um, you know, it's off, often, he's got this frame that he's looking through and it could be distorting the information and we have a frame as well. Often the way we ask the question can distort the answer like we could say, uh, why do you think our pastor is so insensitive? Do you see how my question is distorting the answer? Why do you think, oh yeah, why is our pastor so insensitive? Well, could, could something else be going on? Um, and then it's interesting, he said, when my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant, I was like a beast towards you. So he's also feeling the fact that he's not in a good place. Like I can feel my brutishness right now. You could, you could, and I could feel that where I was at was dangerous, but I didn't know the way out. Like I could feel like I'm being brutish, like I wanna punch this guy, I'm, I'm mad. And I shouldn't do that, I'm, I'm a missionary pastor, I shouldn't be punching people, but that's what I wanna do right now. So uh, we're British in ignorance. And by, by the way, when we're in situations like this, it's really, it's really easy to make a pretty big mistake. Uh, one of the things that my dad always used to say is he say, said that people will forget what they say about you, but they'll never forget what you say about them. And sometimes we're in situations where people are accusing us and we just respond intuitively and we dish it right back. Wow, that can be really dangerous. And that's what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to go after this guy. So I start by my perspective. So I'm laying on the couch and I said, God, I am mad right now. Like, I am hot. I don't want anybody to know it because that's not very spiritual. But I'm hot right now. I'm hot. I feel jumped. And, and this brother of mine, I don't feel much like he's my brother. I feel like he's my enemy right now. And, and I feel a little judged and I feel a little hurt and... Um, and this is, was my perspective, I saw two options. One is that we could talk more about it, but I could just feel that it was not gonna be a good conversation. You know how, how when you're hot like that and, and you picture the conversation, you go, I am going to say something I regret. I just knew it, I, I, I knew it, and I didn't know what to do about it. So I said, okay, God, there's this one option, option one, so we got a binary trap here. Option one, I can call him up and say, let's finish our conversation and repeat again what I said to him and hear from him his punches back, that's not gonna go very well. Or option two, I'm just gonna ignore it. I'm just gonna pretend it never happened and if he's interested in the relationship, he can contact me. But you know what, I'm not sure I'm interested in that relationship. I, I've got a lot of relationships. I could probably live without that relationship so I'll just kinda pretend he doesn't exist and go on and everything's solved. Right? I got my two options. A good conversation where I double down. <laughs> or I'm just going to ignore it because I don't really care about this guy anymore. See my binary trap? So I tell this to God. I say, this is where I'm at. 
this is my perspective, okay? This, this is how the situation looks to me. I'm gonna lay it out on the table. That's where we are. Now stop, and now there's a turn. Now, why would it be important to actually get your perspective out? Any ideas? Yeah. What? Right, yeah, if I didn't, it's going around, but if I don't get it out, I, I actually can't look at it. Like I'm seeing life through a frame, but I've gotta put the frame out so I can see the frame and be honest about it. Yeah, what, what else back there? Yeah, and actually I'm being hijacked by my feelings, so when I put my feelings to words, it helps me not be controlled by them so much. I can actually say, I am angry, and now I have a choice of what to do with that anger, but I'm acknowledging that I, I'm feeling angry and, and hurt and really irritated right now, yeah. Okay, that's great. So, so I may be working with just the 40 bits and I'm getting in touch with more of the 11 million by getting my perspective out. Okay, that's, that's great. Any other thoughts about why it's important to get out my perspective? Yeah, right there. I don't know if we're gonna get there. Yeah. Okay, right, because there, there actually there might be some nuggets of truth in my perspective, but there's also some garbage. Yeah, there's some garbage, there's some stuff that I, it's just really not good. Someone else? You know, one of the things that I, I love about God is he can handle that. And this is what's so cool about the paths is often we know the de destination, that blessing we're supposed to do there, and we just try to bless ourselves there, you know, like bless me, be happy. And we don't realize that there, it actually starts by being honest with God. I'm not gonna stay in that spot, but God can handle my mess. I can kind of open up the mess and say, be honest about this is what I'm experiencing right now. And actually, I would not like to be controlled by it. I'd like to respond in another way, but I'm a little lost right now. I don't know what to do next. Dave, you pulled away from this guy right now and you're processing. I'm not doing it with him. Yeah, that's right. I better not do it with him because I'm going to mess it up if I do it with him. Right. So this is, this is what's interesting. This is also what, what the psalmist is doing. He's pulled away. He's not in conversation with this wicked man right now. He's talking with God, which is the path of wisdom often comes in converse, this, this conversation rather than in this conversation. He's pulled away. And, uh, and he's working at it. Remember we said wisdom takes some work. So, so if you don't take that time to actually pull away and and switch the conversation to a vertical conversation, you're, you're not gonna get wisdom. So that's great, yeah, back there. Right, the other perspective, okay, great. But you know, when you're in the middle of it, you feel like your perspective is the only one that's right. That's what you feel like. I mean, you feel like those 40 bits of information have, are the sum total of what the situation is. That's what you feel like. I mean, if you don't stop, look and listen, <laughs> and listen, um, you're gonna trump it. You're exactly right, there's, there's got to be some, there's gotta be some things that he's saying that I'm not saying, but I don't see it yet. So that's, but I have to begin with that assumption that I don't see everything, that my perspective is incomplete. So then, uh, what's, that's the first leg. So stop and actually get out your perspective. You might need to write it out, I did it laying on the couch just talking to God. Here's the second part, God's perspective. He says, until 
I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned therein. So what he does is he says, I'm, I'm down here on earth looking at this, and I'm going to move, and I'm going to go to the sanctuary of God. So he actually changes locations. Go to the sanctuary of God, and I'm gonna look at this from God's perspective, very purposefully say, how does God see this? From the sanctuary of God, then I discern something I didn't see before, I discern therein. Wow, so I'm sitting up here with God right now, looking down, truly you set them in slippery places, you make them fall into ruin. How they're destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors, like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when you arouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You'll put an end to everyone who's unfaithful to you. All of a sudden, he's saying, now, he's seeing some really different information, right? Like these people that seem so totally secure are actually on a slippery slope. Those who seem to be prospering are actually just an inch from disaster. And it looks really different from God's perspective. So uh, what would happen if you just say, okay, now, now this is my perspective, now I'm gonna change places. I'm gonna go to the sanctuary of God and say, God, how does this look like through your eyes? And then just listen to him. So I, I'm laying on the couch. Okay, I gotta, I've gotta do, do this and, um, and I need to widen my gaze and see the bigger picture. And God's perspective is interesting because it, it doesn't just look at the moment, it looks forwards and backwards in time. Like goes back, goes forward, and all of a sudden, he, he kind of widened it. This is what it looks like right now, but look down the road at where it's going. Let me, let me widen your gaze to get off of that, that focus. So I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm gonna go to the sanctuary right now, and uh, I want your perspective. What's one of the best places to get God's perspective? From his word, right? So this is what I said. I said, God, just, I'm going to the sanctuary. Um, just remind me of some scripture that relates to this situation because that would give me your perspective. And the Holy Spirit's great at this. The Holy Spirit teaches and reminds, and I just got bang, bang, bang. I got three passages of scripture that God brought to my mind. First one was James 1.19. And I wasn't reading the Bible. I was just asking him to remind me of scripture. Uh, Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Okay. Have I been quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry? Do I realize that the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God? Oh, wow, yeah, that's good. And then bang, another verse. Colossians 3.12, therefore as God's, and I couldn't remember the references, I just remembered the verses. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It's like God was saying, I'm looking at your clothes right now and they're not looking very good. Little, little uh, compassion mission, missing, a little kindness kind of going away. There's not much humility right there. Gentleness is gone. Patience, not much. You gotta get dressed, Dave. You know, sometimes, sometimes we can be doing the right thing but we can not be wearing the right clothes with what we're doing. And he was saying, your clothes are really important right now. And then 2 Timothy 2.24, and the Lord's servant, Oh, I'm a Lord's servant, yeah. Must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Uh, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to knowledge of the truth. Okay, do you, ooh, there was, there was like a lot of good information in there that I was missing like about my attitude, about gentleness, about gently instructing, about compassion, that was all really, 
really gone. And then I felt like God just widened it out. And, and all of a sudden I went, oh my, this is really dangerous. Like if I do what I want to do right now, either of the things I want to do, I could, I could break this relationship maybe forever. Oh my. I started, I was going, like the things, things that I intuitively want to do right now are so dangerous. God, th- just protect me from myself right now. <laughs> Thank you for showing me this because he, he kind of widened it out. And then he widened it back. And I just felt like I, I started to see this brother, Mark, through, through his eyes. And I went, you know, I, I wonder, wonder if I hit on some of his insecurity. I wonder if he did feel attacked right there. You know, I wonder if there was ways that I was talking that actually were, I wonder how he felt. And I started getting in his shoes and feeling compassion for him. And I felt totally differently. And I also, all of a sudden I got love back in my heart. And actually it happened in about 10 or 15 minutes. It didn't take long and I was in a totally, totally different place. God's perspective can, can, and we actually have to just listen to his word, just let his word talk to us and say, this is how it looks through his eyes and and get his perspective. Well, then it goes on and it says, any other observations you have? Because this this is just such great stuff. Anything else in there that you see about God's perspective? Okay, my response. Whom I in heaven, heaven but you. And there's nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Do you see how he's in a totally different place right now? He's saying, this is how I'm gonna respond to your perspective. And, And it moved him to a different place. But as for me, it's good to be near God I've made the Lord God, my refuge, I will uh, tell of his works. It immediately changes his experience, his perspective, and his actions. And when I got done, I was, I was laying on the couch and I went, what do I need to do next? Oh man, in church tomorrow, I've got to grab Mark and ask him to have coffee this week. And I wanted to do it. Like I was ready to go. I could picture the conversation going well. I could picture it being a blessing to him, being a blessing to, to me. And so, and I wanted to do it. I wanted to meet with him. And, and I... I could picture it being, I already said this, picture it being blessing. So I grabbed him after church and I said, Mark, um, our conversation didn't end very well, did it? And he goes, no, it didn't. I said, I'd, I'd love to back up and try to fix that. Could we get together for coffee this week? And he could feel I was in a different place. He says, yeah, thank you, Dave, I would love that. He just, just, just totally responded differently. So um, we got together and it was just a, Great conversation. Do you, do you ever have those times when you think this is going to explode and kill us all? And then, and then God gets a hold of you and changes your perspective and tells you what to do. And not only does it not explode, it actually turns out really well. So I sat down with Mark and I, I said, hey, Mark, I wasn't in a good place on Friday. Let me just tell you some of the things that are going on in my life. I'm under a lot of pressure and I'm not keeping up with everything. And I don't know how I came across in that conversation but I probably didn't come across very well. Would you just forgive me? Uh, you know, I don't even know what I said. And if you said you felt attacked, you probably did. I don't want to attack you. Would, you. would you forgive me for that? Oh, I said, Dave, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know your wife was sick. Yeah, she is. It's, it's a hard time for me. Oh, he says, I, you know what? I don't think I responded very well either. Would you forgive me? I said, yeah, Mark. You know, this is like a totally different conversation. And then we went back and we talked through the issues. I said, tell me more about what you're concerned about. And he slowed down and shared some more and I could hear it. And then I said, Mark, you know, I talked about judgment. Can I tell you some more about what I was concerned about in, in, in your judgment? And I backed up and I slowed down and I took him to Matthew about judgment. 
the log in the eye and how it distorts your view. And I said, you know, actually, when you, when you start with like everyone, all, it's so hard for the other person to hear because you're beginning with judgment. We just get slapped by the log in, in your eye. And he goes, oh man, I think I do that a lot. I said, yeah, I think you do. I mean, we all struggle with that. Wow, I really wanna change that. And he says, you know, you should, talk, you should preach on this sometime. This is great. Now, see, the same thing that he was fighting me against he started saying, that's great, thank you for giving that to me. And we finished the conversation, he says, Dave, this is really great, thanks for taking time. You know what, I could hear you this time because you were gentle. And I could sense that you're growing and I could sense humility from you and, and also you were compassionate towards me. <laughs> thank you, Lord. You know, I got dressed right for that conversation. <laughs> I wasn't dressed right before. But let me tell you, I would have missed it. I would have totally missed it if I hadn't gone to the sanctuary because my perspective was just rooted in a bunch of other things. It, it ended up just great. We got to the conversation and he says, you know, like we should, we should be great friends. Like there's no reason that we shouldn't be really good friends. I said, you're right, Mark. In fact, you are my dear friend. Yeah, you're my dear brother. I mean, this is one week later after just having this terrible fight and I don't want to ever talk to the guy again. And uh, this is... This is what's so cool is that God's response, if we respond to his perspective, his response is he's good to us. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. And he says, nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel and afterwards you'll receive me into his glory. So if I will respond to his perspective, he responds to my response by being good to me, by continuing to counsel me, by holding me with his right hand, and, and receiving me into his glory. So, um, wow, path of wisdom is great. It's awesome. And here's some common tendencies. Pride blindness, you're convinced you already know the answer. And because of that, you become blind to other options found only on the path of wisdom. I No, I've got this thing mapped out. I can see it clearly. I just gotta get everyone else convinced that my perspective is correct. Sprinter syndrome. Press for time, you rush down the path without gaining insight each of the leg of the journey offers you. So I had to slow down, I had to, you know, thinking fast and thinking slow, I actually had to think slowly to get wisdom because my intuitive response was not going to give me wisdom, it was just going to confirm what I already knew. Tent on the trail, same one that we've seen before. Not seeing the full picture, you treat a certain leg as a destination rather than as, as a passageway. So, my perspective, Get it out, God's perspective, go to the temple, review some verses. My response to his perspective and then his response uh, to my response. Okay, this is, this is great, great discussion, you guys. Let's take a break, about a, uh, about a 10 minute break and then we're coming back in here and we'll continue with questions. So we just got started on our next session with questions. Our next session is just question and answer. So take about 10 minutes to get some coffee and then we'll be back in here.